What's up, everybody? You're listening to the One Week Rental Podcast with your hosts, Stax and Ash. This week, we watched Ghostbusters from 2016. And uh, by far, the most eh Ghostbusters, I think. Well, I don't want to give it away. We'll get to it. Play the intro. Hey, everybody. I'm going to just give an apology okay because my lawyer called me and said hey we just got a cease and desist on the podcast and i'm like what and he was like yeah we you got to do this apology and then you can do whatever you want to do so i'm here to apologize to andy circus and his counsel for comparing him to josh gad last week and I am sorry that Josh Gad has a great career and I compared him to Andy Serkis. I am sorry, okay? Sorry, okay? Do not sue One Week Rental. We're only five episodes in, okay? Yeah, Thank they might. You. we might have to shut down the whole company, in which case we haven't actually started a company and you should just sue Stacks because it was him that said it. Um, I don't know if we can actually be sued for this, but... Uh, well if we do get sued i'll be sure to um show in my financial records of my twitch subscriptions and your name will be there so let's hope we don't get because i will drag you with me ah okay well you're gonna clean me out um Worth worth noting that we didn't actually get contacted by Andy Circus because uh, we could. Uh, I don't know if we could get sued for <laughs> slander over that, which you know would be what? hilarious if I we spent, actually got. What if we actually got sued by him for joking about getting sued by him? <laughs> I I say bring it on. No no such thing as Ooh, bad uh, I'm distancing myself from this. <laughs> when stacks lo- when stacks loses his house because Andy Circus came after him, I want no part of that. <laughs> Bring it, Andy Circus. Okay, I will turn this into uh, a bigger deal than it needs to be. I will run my family into oblivion, bankruptcy. Okay, mm-hmm. everybody. Okay, I will fight this. You heard him, but Andy Circus. He doesn't think you've got the balls to sue him. You don't. Yeah. Show up to court. Show up to court. Show up to court. I dare you. Or they're just gonna throw it out. Taking it to court. You're not gonna show up. I don't know why. I'll be there. I'll be there. Know. I don't know if you will be. <laughs> I don't know Andy why. Circus. Why you've decided I've to to, to go Andy in? Andy Circus. Yeah. yeah, but this is what it is now. Andy Circus, official enemy of the show. I want it to be. I. It's on the record already, but I would like also to state on the record that last week I was against your comparison of Andy Circus to Josh Gad. I will re-edit that, and you will mm. change your tone. The, the word is out. Enough people have listened to it. My mom listened to it. She knows. Um, all right. So what do we? What did you watch this week? I know that we both watched something over the weekend, uh, Abducted in Plain Sight. It's a documentary that is completely bonkers. Uh, I heard about it on Reddit. And when I was reading through the comments, I was like, oh, my God, I need to grab all my friends and watch this. Um, I will put a little bit of a trigger warning on there for, like, abduction and uh, and abuse and manipulation so if those are things that um uh are potential triggers for you i would avoid it but everything around that was bonkers just as far as like the parents just seem so gullible and it would take that story took left turns that i didn't see coming at all and uh yeah it's 
it was good to watch with friends just to be blown away by the story yeah it is it is crazy i wish we would have recorded recorded it um it's wild um there are some like you said there are just a bunch of really messed up moments and so do not watch this if you're like yeah you know if you've dealt with anything like that before this is crazy um we won't spoil we won't tell you what the premise is um other than i guess we could say that it's about a guy who kidnaps a girl yeah that's that's essentially it's a documentary it's free on youtube um i will put a um i'll put a link to the video in the description go check it out after after listening to the whole episode please yeah you listen Um, to the whole episode you sit here you listen to the whole episode and then you go watch abducted in plain sight because we run your life now hey we don't want to make another apology next week i live to make apologies (laughs) i embrace the fact that i do apologies on this show well now i am distancing myself and i'm backtracking pause go watch it come back Okay. That was crazy, right? That was a crazy movie. That was insane. Oh my god. Um, Did you watch anything else this week? Um, Yes. Speaking of manipulation and documentaries, Uh I watched um, the act on YouTube. I mean, not on YouTube, on Hulu. Um, It's the story about the mother and daughter who they were. The mother was faking um, the daughter's illnesses to get charity and pity and, you know, all this other stuff. And this is isn't a spoiler. Where, is this where Go you ahead. got the idea? Cause that's what you were doing, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler, I mean, not spoilers, but I have a confession. I'm not uh-huh. actually blind. I know I said that in the first episode. Um, I'm not blind. I was doing it just to get um, supporters for the show. Sorry. It works. Um, <laughs> um, that's why. The, that's this, why the Waterworld one has so many views on it. Sympathy. We got those why. sympathy listens. Yeah. So it only worked for that one. Um, but this movie, this this TV show, um, it is crazy. Great acting in it. Um, it is um, bonkers as well. Um, but like I said, it's essentially this mother and daughter who end up faking. The mother ends up faking the daughter's illnesses for all these things. Um, uh, um, what is it called? Uh, Make-A-Wish and children's hospitals and all these things, just giving her endless thing uh, and bought her a house and everything. Crazy. Um, and it's not a spoiler because this is the whole point of the show. The daughter ends up killing the mom. And so... That happens in the first episode. It's not a spoiler. If you know anything about the Gypsy Rose case, um, then you know this is the main part of the thing. And so the show actually shows the daughter coming to grips with, hey, I can actually do these things. I'm not really that sick. I hate my mom. Boom. It's really good, really detailed. Um, it's traumatic. It's 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 really good. Um, it's on Hulu right now. It's called The Act. Um, I also watched um, the documentary of the actual case after I watched the show. So 
honestly, I would do that first just so you can enjoy the show without um, without thinking about the documentary and thinking about, oh, this wasn't really like this in the show. Or, I mean, this is, this is, the show isn't really telling how it actually is. The show is, you know, a lot of stuff is made up and not a lot of it's made up, but they um, dramatize a lot of things and, you know, add characters into it that weren't really a part of it just to add for the show. So I would watch the show first and then watch the documentary just because you don't want the documentary. To, you don't want it in your mind like, oh, the document, this is different from what actually happened, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, I watched those two documentaries. I mean, I watched the show and the documentary. Um, and honestly, I think that was about it for me watching new things this week. Yeah. I, I did think also I... watch, oh, uh -huh. I forgot, uh -huh. our, my weekly um, required um telling you to go watch Chucky. So go do that. Still great. Watch it if every we, week. If we hear that, <laughs> if we hear that, uh, that somebody else is watching and wants to hear what your thoughts are or anything like that, we should, we'll throw it out to the discord as well. Um, yeah. we should, uh, maybe do like a special episode where you just do a, a review of the whole season once it's completed. Oh, oh, oh. I will. Matter of fact, I will do everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be. You're gonna get some stacked solo episodes because he's gonna do all yeah. the Chuck Chucky movies. It'll just be stacks telling me about uh, a Chucky movie for two hours. I um, am for it. But we'll that's put, all I've been. We'll put that on the Patreon, the Patreon that we don't have yet. Yeah, not yet. Um, but that's all I have. That's all I've been. That's all I've seen this week. I need to okay. keep a better list. But. Let me let me think. Did I watch anything this week? Because I I know we watched the documentary. Um, obviously there was like Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But I didn't. I wasn't playing necessarily a lot of video games, so I must have watched something. I don't know why it's so hard for me to remember. I I always watch a lot of YouTube stuff. Um, uh, I think I talked about the Michael Che stand up uh, last week. Uh, that was that was really solid. Um, I'm trying to think. I was there was a couple things I was potentially going to go back to but i think the only thing that i really ended up watching was um was cowboy bebop and watching the animated show now and then i started arcane uh arcane is the league of legends anime that's on netflix now um i'm not a fan of the not a fan of Le league of legends i've never played a league of legends match or anything like that i just know it's not my type of game because i don't really like uh the moba style like battle things i we've, we've played smite in the past and smite's good because i can do like wasd and it plays a little bit more like a like a shooter game um yeah but never given league of legends a try um but I was told that you don't have to to get into the show. And I really enjoyed the first episode and a half that I've watched. The animation is beautiful. Like the world is very immersive and stuff like that. I'm kind of like already hooked and I just want to get back to watching it. But um, I think that's about it. I I think that everybody and their their mother has watched Arcane at this point because I, I've seen a lot of buzz about it. But it's um, and I think it was like number one on Netflix for a little while. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to keeping going with that. And I'll give you probably a a a final review of it once I finish the series, which I don't know, might be in a week the way that I've been watching things lately, especially like going through, uh, through Cowboy Bebop again. And, um, yeah, you know, I do want to mention real quick, cause I think this is the most appropriate, uh, section to mention it is, um, I went to Comic-Con this past weekend and I found a, 
The first day I walked through the whole convention and I wasn't able to find anything Robotech. Usually I can find like a thing or two, like maybe a, a figure here or there, but I didn't see anything Robotech on Friday. Saturday I went back to the convention, I walked all over and I found like off way on the side, there was a Robotech booth. And I started talking to them. I was like, I'm so glad to see you guys are here. Like I love the show. My uncle bought me a, a box set when I was like 12 or 13 or something. And I fell in love with it. And like, Real I wish quick. that, yeah. What is Robotech? Uh, real quick, Robotech is, um, you know, I wonder if it came out after Transformers. I could see it coming out after Transformers, but basically uh, in the first episode, what happens is uh, they're doing this display of a giant spaceship uh, called, um, the ship's not called the Macross. I think Macross is like the island. They're showing off a big ship. One of its major capabilities is that it can teleport. Um at the same time that they're having this celebration of the ship, uh, aliens invade, uh, like invade Earth, uh, and they have to teleport the ship in order to get away. The planet gets wiped out, but when they teleport, the ship teleports to space, and it takes this entire island that the, the ship was over. So everybody moves on to like the ship, and it's like a bunch of people living on an aircraft carrier, and they build like shops and stuff into the aircraft carrier. And there's a whole city on the aircraft carrier, but the defense forces for this aircraft carrier are, um, are, uh, like they look like jets, like fighter jets, like F-22 fighter jets, but they transform into robots and they're fighting the, the aliens and stuff. And it's, it's a badass like eighties, like anime with robots and fighting. <laughs> so it's very Transformers-esque. I, I actually think I had like a bed sheet. Oh yeah, just on it. What's it's, cool about them? They can go like full jet mode, or they can go like half jet, where they have like it's like a jet, but it's got legs and like a gun. Or they can go full full robot mode, and yeah, it's it's badass. Yeah, I think I might have had a bed sheet like that because I remember <clears throat> having this bed sheet, and I always thought it was um, uh, Transformers or um, Gundam, but. It's it wasn't because all the ships were they were like fighter jets, so I think that's actually there's like yeah. space fighter jets. So I think yeah. this is actually yeah the um so stuff that I had. They've had a couple series. I haven't. I've had trouble finding it. It used to be on Netflix and stuff like that, and then I've had trouble finding it. Like even I was recently like I want to watch this, so let me go on Amazon and buy all of the episodes digitally, and they're not available. And I was wondering like why that was, and I found this Robotech booth, and I was saying like Oh my god, I love the show. You know, I I've tried to go back and watch it, and I can't find the like. Um, can't find them anywhere online. I'm pretty sure I have the DVDs still at my house, my dad's house. I have to go go look next time I'm over there. But um, but you know, I, I was saying how I, I wanted to consume more more Robotech, and they were saying like, "Well, keep that up. Like, this is actually the executive producer of the show, and we're you know we're trying to get something going." And I was like very excited by that, um, and it was cool. I didn't I didn't know who I was talking to, um, so we had a nice little chat about Robotech, and and uh, yeah, I just thought it was a a good time to mention Robotech is cool. Go watch Robotech. I'm trying to start a fan movement where we can get more Robotech. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm going to go to my dad's house pretty soon to look for the Macross saga is, is what the original one was called. Um, so I can get back into that. I don't really, um, I don't really like um, 
that style of anime, you know? I don't like the 80s anime, which is probably going to make a lot of people mad. But I don't really uh, like it that. It made one person mad style. for sure. I'm pissed. Huh? I said it made one person <laughs> mad. Oh, well. I don't have to do an apology for you next week. Oh, fuck. That's, well... <laughs> see if i'm here next week <laughs> this is it guys uh, enjoyed the last episode of uh, one week rental it's about the fantastic film ghostbusters 2016 uh you want to get into our spoiler free thoughts uh sure spoiler free thoughts this movie is aggressively fine and actually i mean that's even a little bit harsh i i actually enjoyed this movie like i enjoyed watching it um i understand why i don't know do i understand why it didn't i understand my reasons for not being in love with this movie but it's the type of movie i think would do well and i don't know why it didn't really um i know that they had big plans for this to launch a reboot of the ghostbusters franchise uh that they were definitely planning they hint towards a sequel at the end of this like they were definitely planning to turn this into a a bigger franchise um i do have some issues with the film and some glaring issues but also there were some things i really liked in this and i'm really glad that we watched the films in the order that we did with uh afterlife being watched last week and then this one this week because if we were if we were sitting here i would be like if we had just watched 2016 and we hadn't seen Afterlife, I would be sitting here going, yeah, this one didn't do it for me as like a reboot or like a, as a, a successor to the original franchise. Um, but I don't know what would. And because Afterlife came out and we had the benefit of seeing it before this one, Afterlife is the reboot that I want. It pays homage to the original in a way that I think makes sense but also sets up new characters and i like the direction where that's going um i think that afterlife it does a much better job of setting up another franchise but 2016 has enjoyable parts and i can see why it didn't didn't go well um i i honestly i think uh i liked it yeah i will say that i liked this movie more than I liked Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, and the reason I liked it is because your rankings they, are going to be all messed up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what um, I'm hearing right now is Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2016, and then Ghostbusters Afterlife to finish it out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's because this movie this this ghostbusters was essentially a superhero Just movie say it you love nate mckinnon in this i okay well okay we're not gonna say that because she was the worst part of this movie okay but uh um, I, I also said nate mckinnon and i think it's because nathan mckinnon <laughs> is a hockey player <laughs> kate mckinnon you love kate mckinnon in this yeah uh, no uh absolutely the worst part of this movie um she, uh, the, the, but this movie is essentially a superhero movie. It has all the elements of like a superhero movie, um, and like it just it just felt like a superhero origin story movie. And the way they did it, I feel like um, it would have been 
I think the Ghostbusters franchise, if they would have continued from this, I think it would have been fine. Um, I like how they set it up. I mean, I like how they did it. They weren't trying to... um, All the characters are original characters. They weren't trying to just do... In my opinion, they were original. They weren't trying to just do female versions of the original Ghostbusters. Um, Other than the fact that there are three white guys and one black guy. And then in this movie, they did three white women and one white and one black woman. Other than that, I think that um, all the characters, they tried to do something different. There wasn't an Egon character. There wasn't a, a Ray character. Everybody was in the 2016 was their own characters. And, but then why call, but that like, my question with that is like, if it's not going to, and, but they do pay homage, I think to the original in a lot of ways. Um, There's, you know, yeah. a lot of cameos. There's a lot of references. There's a lot of lines that are very much references. But, you know, like, I don't know. If you wanted to make something totally different, that's fine. Why call it Ghostbusters? Um, I, 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 don't, I, I really don't have a problem with it. I, yeah, I guess they're just using the name. I mean, yeah, if you've got yes. four people... There's enough there. There's enough there that I understand why it's called Ghostbusters. I, I just... I, I like the I like the way that Afterlife carries on the lo- legacy a lot better, whereas this one rewrote a lot of the history. This one, di- yeah. this, one, this one disregards the original Ghostbusters. Yeah, well, see, I... So, the... While making homages to it, which is weird. Yeah. So Afterlife, I thought of Afterlife as more as a continuation. I didn't think of it as a reboot or or a remake or anything like that. I just felt it as like Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And yeah. So, but this Ghostbusters 2016, I it was in its own different lane and and you said that you why would you call why would they call it Ghostbusters? And I feel like the same premise do and they did like they called it something else and it went yeah. a totally different re- direction people would hate it more because then it's just you're just knocking off ghostbusters so i feel like naming yeah. ghostbusters is better than it not being called ghostbusters well um, they called it and they called it they called it just ghostbusters and that's why we have to say ghostbusters 2016 when we're talking about it but they call it ghostbusters 2016 i think really because it was supposed to be a total reboot of the franchise um yeah. And and it wipes the slate clean. But I think that there's people who have such reverence for the originals that I, I think that that's why Afterlife, I think, in the long run is going to do better. Um, yeah. because, it, because it does pass the torch in a way that people who were fans of the original can say, like, oh, those are the Ghostbusters that I grew up with, and now these are your Ghostbusters. And, like, I think that that's what, what is going to make this, like, the continuity and, like, the fact that this is, you know now a, a longer running franchise versus you know oh my ghostbuster is now a, a cab driver in this universe like so i think that i think the 2016 like i'm not saying it shouldn't have been made or anything like that like i think 2016 is good on its own because i look at it almost like this is a parallel universe where where the Ghostbusters didn't become Ghostbusters and we got instead these other Ghostbusters. And like, that's a little bit of like me making up some canon, but, and I think that that's honestly how it's being treated because 
they just kind of wiped the slate clean uh, when they did Afterlife of like 2016 never happened. I mean, we talked about it last week. Afterlife kind of treats Ghostbusters 2 like it never happened. So um, I, I think that 2016 has a place. I like some of the stuff they did. It's a fun movie, but I understand why it's not the start of a new franchise or the start of, uh, you know, a reboot of this franchise. Yeah. And I think with me, Afterlife, I didn't like Afterlife because I I went into it knowing it was a continuation and Afterlife didn't feel like a Ghostbusters movie. Afterlife just, I, I like last week I said it kind of was um how does it not feel like, like a ghostbusters eight. it just it just felt yeah. like a super it oh, felt okay. like super eight stranger things yeah. yeah and so if you're gonna do that if you're gonna go a different tone with it in my opinion then just do what you do with 2016 i mean don't make it a don't yeah. make it, i don't know i just like yeah well don't make it a continuation in my so here, so here's what it boils down to is that ghostbusters one i'm going to leave ghostbusters two out of this analogy because ghostbusters two was kind of too cartoony but ghostbusters one walked a really fine line between being grounded and serious and funny and it walked the tightrope ghostbusters afterlife is probably a little bit too serious and ghostbusters 2016 is probably a little bit too comedy and I feel like they both strayed away from what made Ghostbusters the original so good in that they're they're two one or the other. There are jokes and there are jokes in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't think Ghostbusters 2016 is ever serious. But if you look at where Ghostbusters 1 started, I think that Ghostbusters Afterlife is the much better continuation of that franchise. Yeah, I just I I just I liked uh, 2016 better just because of its the the if you take the the there was like it felt like too many jokes right yeah. and so mm-hmm. if, you, if you tone that down a bit and yes. made it into oh you know make this into like if they would have made ghostbusters because i said it was like kind of like a superhero movie for me if they would have made ghostbusters more like uh iron man right where it's got a nice little mix yeah and instead of being like um, Thor Ragnarok, where Thor Ragnarok had way too much comedy in it, I feel like this movie would have been better. So Thor but, Ragnarok's like the best Marvel film. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, I can't wait to watch those movies. So <laughs> <laughs> wait till we do our 22, 22 part series, and we're trying to rank all these all the Marvel films. Marvel no, movies. I think that. Um, What's the best way to put this? I think that, yes, 2016 has, we'll talk about it. It's got way too many jokes. Um, And it feels like every line has to be a joke in it. And that it's not grounded in reality at all. I think that what's, what's, to what I was saying about Ghostbusters 1, is that, and it feels stupid to say about a movie about ghosts, but it, it, there's, you know, you're talking about the presence of ghosts like in the real world and they are all very like real people in Ghostbusters 2016. Nobody except for Leslie Jones feels like a real person and maybe Aaron uh, Kristen Wiggs that character at times. Nobody else feels like real in that. It, it's very cartoony. Yeah, it, it, it is kind of it's goofy. 
it's cartoony it's wacky for no reason um all the stuff people hate um but and i i don't have all negative things to say about 2016 i think that 2016 actually did ghosts better than afterlife did i love the way the ghosts look in this i love um granted afterlife didn't have that many ghosts there was like muncher and some other spoilery stuff that I won't get into. But um, but Ghostbusters yeah. Afterlife didn't have very many ghosts. This one had a lot of ghosts, but the ghosts were exactly what I want from a Ghostbusters franchise. Like, a little bit cartoony, but still a little bit scary. Not not way over the top. And then they did stuff with, like, the ghosts from the logo. That was really fun. Yeah, I, liked the, that. I liked that a lot. And that's what makes me think this is more like a superhero movie. The way the ghosts are animated, they're... Oh, this there. one definitely has like production value. Like, yeah, I think I think that's what I think that's what you're saying when you when you say this is like a superhero movie. Is this feels big budget? Uh, you know, they're blowing up buildings in New York at one point and stuff. And this is just like this is what Ghostbusters one theoretically would look like today if they did it because it was big and like yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife just isn't that big. Ghostbusters Afterlife is like a very small story. Uh, as far as like they're in like a podunk town, you know, in Oklahoma. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. that you're, you're just saying like this is done up like like this gets the Superman uh, uh, Man of Steel treatment of like these are big set pieces, you know, for for big action. Yeah. And and, and, and more than just like that, I think like the the bringing people together aspect of it. Yeah, felt like a superhero movie. The way it's also they, an origin story. Yeah, yeah, and the way they, um, the way that they their technology is done, it just felt like, like straight up, like something Iron Man would say, like, "Hey, this is a blah 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 and a blah 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 and blah blah blah, blah and this is how it, and you don't do it like this." And it's just like I don't know. It just felt this. I don't know. I classify this as a superhero movie, and. I and I love superhero movies. I haven't gotten the superhero fatigue yet, and so this movie just it was just hitting a lot of good good spots. Uh, also, was hitting a lot of bad spots. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. I I like the movie, but I'm not in love with it. Um, well, there's a, there's a reason yeah. people hate it, and we'll get into that <laughs> later. But. I just, her name is Nate McK- or uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate, yeah. God, stop fucking saying yeah. Nate McKinnon. What the fuck is wrong with me? Kate McKinnon. Uh, yeah, she is okay. a very big part of it. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we get into the plot and we can talk more about it. All right. All right. We start with a group of people taking a tour of the Aldridge Mansion in New York City. The tour guide, Garrett, tells the group of Gertrude Aldridge, a disturbed woman who was kept locked in the basement by her father. A candlestick falls over on the table near the basement to creep the group out, but it's part of a trick that Garrett played. When he doesn't, what he doesn't see is a de- device beneath the nightstand, flickering and vibrating. Uh, as he's closing up shop for the night, Garrett hears a vo- uh, noise near the basement. The door begins to shake, and he runs for it. Garrett tries to run out of the mansion, but the doorknob has been heated, and it's like glowing red. He tries to break out the window with a stool, only for the stool to be blown. Uh, thrown back at him. Garrett runs back towards the basement. The floor is filling up with green slime, and the stairs break apart. Garrett holds on as he sees a ghost rise up from the floor. And this is 
like legitimately terrifying. It's legitimately terrifying with elements of comedy in there. Like when he throws the chair, I think he says like, sorry, Mr. Aldridge, I have to do this. And he throws the chair, the chair suspends in like midair and it gets thrown right back at him. And I think he gets like thrown against a wall or something like that. Like it's, it's pretty scary. Like it's, yeah, it walks the line of being funny, but also being like some fucking uh, conjuring shit. Yeah, uh, imagine Home Alone, <laughs> but yeah. it's it's ghosts. Yeah, so, yeah, it's 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 kind of it's it's this this own opening scene was like oh wow here we go and the ghosts this, this the ghosts in this they look scary but they look cool like when we see the ghost in the house of of Gertrude Aldridge like it's scary but it's really good looking it's I I also bought them the I bought this film um, it wasn't available on any streaming sites so I, I had to throw down eight whole dollary dues for it on voodoo and um i got it in blu-ray and actually looks really good like really good in 4k 4k blu-ray so yeah yeah this movie is yeah again this is probably why i was saying like yeah this is a superhero movie this is so good you know just because it just looked it just looked awesome yep uh okay we cut over to at columbia university where dr aaron gilbert Kristen Wiig's character, is approached by Ed Mulgrave, a publisher who is, uh, has a book that Aaron wrote some years ago on the existence of ghosts. She's not proud of having written it, and she says that she burned both copies, but learns it's available on Amazon. Aaron uh, immediately puts it together that it's her former friend and colleague, uh, Abby Yates, played by Melissa McCarthy, um, who co-authored the book with her and is trying to sell it on Amazon for money. Um, Ed approaches Aaron because of the haunting at the Aldridge Mansion and asks her to look into it. As Aaron looks up uh, Abby's current workplace, she learns that the university's dean, Harold Fillmore, uh, that she is up for tenure. She, she learns from him that she's up for tenure at the university. So she's doing what she can to hide the knowledge of the book, trying to keep a low profile because she definitely wants to get tenure. And we, that can be a uh, arduous process. And uh, I, from what I hear, it's very character based. So I think she's trying to present uh, herself as somebody deserving of tenure. Yeah. Um, by the way, the the dean yes. played um he's a uh, tywin lannister from uh, game of thrones that's who it was i was watching yeah. i was like is that i was like that's not bill nye but he looks kind of like him yeah yeah tywin yeah. lannister yeah scary guy just intimidating in everything that he does yeah, very um yeah. i in my notes i put tywin lannister is a hunky daddy because he just has like that powerful like um that dude's like boisterous. 90 <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay hunky granddaddy but he's got okay. like this powerful like i know what i'm doing and i you are not getting tension i don't know it's just very intimidating like you said yeah all right i'm still reeling from the hunky daddy line okay aaron finds abby in her lab with her new work partner jillian holtzman nate mckinnon's character the best character in this whole thing um kate (laughs) uh did i say nate again no, I yeah. said Kate. I said Kate. No, you said you said Nate. I said Kate. I'm literally reading it. There's no fucking way. Oh my god. You said Nate. Uh, Nathan McKinnon plays for the Colorado Avalanche, uh, real rising star in the league. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely, very good player. Um, uh, Aaron finds Abby in her lab with her new work partner, Jillian Holtzman. Kate McKinnon. 
Uh, an eccentric engineer, Aaron and Abby are still upset with each other over the book, and Aaron demands that Abby take the book off of Amazon. Aaron brings up the Aldridge Mansion haunting, inspiring Abby and Holtzman to spring into action, and Aaron uh, reluctantly joins them, but this is a funny scene where, where she goes, and she's in Abby's lab, and she's trying to get her to take down the book, and she kind of tells her about this lead on the Aldridge Mansion, and uh, I think Abby says, you know, I'll, I'll take down the book if you, if you, you know, introduce me to the, to this, um, Ed uh, Mulgrave guy um, and Aaron kind of like, reluctantly agrees but uh, they say like let's go and she's like I don't want to and then Abby's like you weren't invited like well, I just need you to leave the lab so I can lock up um, it, it's good to mention here that every line in this movie is attempting to be a joke and I honestly think that when you have a joke that fails right before a good joke it takes away from the good joke a little bit because I'm still thinking about like why was that there that's fucking that was stupid that's lame and then they'll make a good joke and there's a one really definitive uh example of that later on that I'll get to um yeah and so with this um I told you earlier um that in my opinion every time characters talk in this movie it's like I'm gonna say a bunch of smart stuff and then the second person's like, and I'm just going to respond with a bunch of dumb stuff. And that's literally like almost every dialogue. And then like, it's just person A, smart, smart, smart. Person B, uh, what do you mean? Blah, 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 something dumb. And then person C out of nowhere, don't you mean blah, blah, blah. And it just, and that's supposed to be the joke and it never works. And it's always horrible. And I feel like every conversation with all the characters, no matter no matter who's talking to who, one character has to be the smart character, and one character has to be the dumb character that just says dumb stuff unnecessarily. And that is like one of my biggest annoyances with this movie, because it's just it was just unnecessary. Like talk like normal pe- people, or yeah. like talk like normal people do in regular movies, you know. And so there's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah, and like if we can, let's we can quickly try to like now that we've been introduced to all three characters. Erin is a skeptic. She when she's approached about the book, she says, "Yeah, I wrote that. It was a prank." And then he's like, "You wrote a 495-page prank." And she she's kind of like trying to distance herself from it. She's like, and it's clear that she doesn't really believe in ghosts or that she's been talked out of believing in ghosts. Like she's she's our skeptic. Um which is kind of the Pete, the Pete Venkman role in Ghostbusters 1. Yeah. Um, and then we have Abby. And Abby is uh, very much like kind of like Ray's character in, in Ghostbusters 1. Because she's kind of the heart of it. She's the one who tries to like pull Erin uh, um, back in. She's trying to get her like excited about it. At first they start off adversarial, but then... She's the one who kind of convinces her, like, this was our dream, and, you know, kind of pulls her back in once they, they do get, uh, like, proof that ghosts are real, and, and obviously that works because now she's no longer a skeptic. Um, and then you and I both have issues with the Jillian Holtzman character, Nate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon's fucking character. Fuck! Why do I keep doing Okay. Whew. Kate McKinnon's character. We have issues with her because she's, like, this really eccentric scientist and a lot of what she says isn't funny she kind of just plays like a 
stoner dude kind of vibe scientist that's just like yeah what a like and i feel like her character is she's the inventor so she's useful in terms of the story but abby's character could have just been that like what if that those characters were combined i know that ghostbusters typically has four ghostbusters but they could have either given kate mckinnon's character more to do or just made Abby's character the inventor type, which would, would have made more sense to me. And Abby doesn't have a lot to do. Abby gets possessed for a little bit, but it's not, it, it's resolved within the scene. It's not anything. So Abby, I think Abby is the one that doesn't have enough to do. I think that the combination of those two characters, if you had her be not as eccentric as Kate McKinnon plays her, a little bit more eccentric, but the inventor, and it kind of, makes sense for everybody to be there it, not patty we'll get to her but she's this is what i've talked about before where you kind of need an outsider character because it's the easiest way to explain story is if so, yeah. if they're explaining to that person yeah um and a little bit back on uh kate mckinnon's character um she kind of reminds me of murdoch from um the a-team where it's just like Hey, I'm crazy. I say crazy things. You know, I just do things, you know. At least Murdoch uh, was like the leader, right? No, no, no. Um the the leader is um Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah. So there's Hannibal face uh Murdoch Murdoch oh. is the engineer type. Yeah, he's the guy he, who pilots yeah. helicopters and stuff. Yeah. So Okay. He's essentially Murdoch that's trying to be funny. So, but I rarely laughed at her. Yeah, and I, I never laughed at her. Her first, her first thing. I don't know if we. I don't know if you went past that. The fart joke. Oh yeah, we kind of we kind of went past that. That's when Aaron is in the uh, Aaron's in the the. Uh, she's in the lab. She's introduced to Kate McKinnon's character and Abby and her say like, "Oh, we we've got our first ever recording of an." evo electro voice something like that like we caught we've caught a ghost on record uh, like voice recording and um they get uh kristen wiggs character to like lean in close and then i'll let you take then, it then they just play a fart sound a fart mm -hmm. sound plays and okay not funny <laughs> fart jokes are i mean fart jokes can be funny this mm -hmm. fart joke wasn't funny and then to try to make it funnier kate mckinnon's character is like and i won't tell you which hole that came out of or which if that came out the front or something like that and i'm just like fart and queef joke that's not funny in the first 10 minutes of the movie and i'm like okay this is where we're going and so like at this point i was like okay this movie is going to suck Granted, that's that's it's kind of the low point. Unfortunately, yeah. fortunately, it does get better. <laughs> it there does are parts, get better, but there are parts that made me laugh. There, the it it wasn't for the first like fifteen minutes of the film. I'll, I'll give and and like I say, they make a joke every minute. Um, I don't think I laughed until I think honestly the first time I laughed is after this next scene. There's a there's something that Aaron does, and I think when she when she's sitting down with the dean and he's like, "We saw it on Reddit." 
And when he says Reddit, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh, but I was like, <laughs> I was. I don't know. In my head, in my head, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, what a deep cut. And I was like, yeah. wait, no, it's not. <laughs> no, Reddit's everybody's huge. on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is Reddit referenced more in movies? <laughs> and we talked about the Kate McKinnon character, and there's one part where she made me laugh, which was just the whole like when they get the hearse and Leslie Jones's character's like. I didn't. I didn't have time to check if there was a dead body in the back, and and uh, they say like, oh, like you know, Holtzman can find a use for it, and she's like, I've got seven ideas for what to do with a dead body like today, and they were like, no, 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 like we if we, if we find a body, we have to turn it back in, and she just kind of goes, all right, or something like that, or like okay, and yeah. then Leslie Jones is like, no, 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 like we have to turn it. In. That, that was funny, but yeah, that, that's and basically. I have, I have an issue with that scene when we get to it. Okay, uh, in the right. rundown. Well, then let's keep uh, going. Um, the three ladies arrive at the mansion with some equipment. The basement has been locked tight. Aaron steps on some slime. Suddenly, the three notice that the basement door is now open and emitting an eerie blue glow. They are then face-to-face -face with the ghost of Gertrude Aldridge. Aaron approaches her calmly, but Gertrude's face turns demonic when she spews ectoplasmic bile all over Aaron. The ghost flies out of the building. The ladies record a video with Aaron proclaiming that ghosts are real. Unfortunately, this falls into Fillmore's hands, and he fires Aaron for being a bad representation of the school. Yeah, um, and I think in the scene, uh -huh. when the scene ends, or the dean leaves, or something like that, I can't remember, um, but there is an Egon bust in the hallway where it's just, hey, just a uh, like a the first cameo, I say that in quotes, yeah. Of uh, original Ghostbusters, um, because he died in 2014. I mean, 2014, yeah. um, before this movie came out. And so they had a bust of him in this uh, college in the hallway. And I thought that was pretty cool that they uh, put that in there. That's cool. And while I, I was while I was watching, I didn't I couldn't remember exactly when Harold Ramis passed away. And uh, yeah. so so I was cognizant of all the other cameos, but I was like wondering if he was going to pop up or if he was had already passed away or if maybe he was ill at the time um when i saw the credits i saw that he had passed away because it, it's dedicated to him at the end but um I'm, I'm glad that they kind of worked him in there in some way that's that's kind of cool i didn't yeah, i didn't notice the bust cool. when i was watching um but yeah, so this is the way we get the scene where he's like we said we found it on reddit and uh yeah so they her her dreams of getting tenure are dashed and she gets fired she has a line where she's got her like box of stuff and she's like i'm just moving a different office like i found rats in the wall blah blah, blah. i definitely didn't get fired and then she, we cut over to her with the other ghostbusters and she says i got fired um now that Aaron is jobless, she decides to join Abby and Holtzman in their research. Abby and Holtzman also lose their jobs. Oh, yeah, this is a funny scene where Abby is like, well, come work with us. Like, our dean's super cool. Everybody's super supportive of what we do here. All we have to do is go ask for more money. Cut, like, smash cut to them in the dean's office. And he's like, frankly, I didn't even know that your department was still funded. They do the office space thing where, like, we didn't even know you still worked here. Um, they get kicked out of that university. Uh, this this is actually the first funny scene of the film. This is like the first like his response, and when he's like flipping them off and doing all the different like flip offs of them, like how unprofessional is he is. And uh, he, I think he says something to the effect of like their department is tarnishing the representation the uh, the reputation of the 
the academy that they're at and she's like you think that we're tarnishing a 12 year reputation reputation of this uh, of this school like didn't the last dean get fired or like go to jail or something like that and then she calls him unqualified and she's like i'm pretty sure you spell science with a y and you don't even think that that's wrong yeah i thought that was pretty funny so this scene's actually decently funny. Yeah. I enjoyed this scene. Um, Unfortunately, for, well, to me, I yeah. thought that when he was flipping them off, I thought uh-huh. it went on too far. And I was just like, okay, let's move it along, people. Because it was just like, I'm going to flip you off this way. Yep. And then Abby's like, you don't have to do that. And now they flip <laughs> you off this way. And Abby's like, please stop doing that. Oh, nope, I'm going to flip you off this way. And Abby's like, nope don't do that and then he's like okay here's my exaggerated flipping you off flipping you off and then abby's like okay let's go and i just thought it was just the first one was good like if he would have did any of the wacky flip-offs first Mm -hmm. and then she was like okay let's go then that would have been perfect into that scene but it just it just went on way too long for me and i was just like come on people I like so I like it just because it, it it accentuated just how unprofessional that guy was of just like he yeah. just he yeah. just keeps he going like yeah yeah he was awesome. great it was just like a little bit too long but go ahead uh, Abby and Holtzman lose their jobs after talking to the dean who happens to be a dick so they steal the equipment from the school's lab and decide to open up their own facility and this is funny like they're pushing the equipment out and like uh, it it's revealed that they're stealing all the equipment and they they scatter and uh, and, and then, then the dean comes out with a bat <laughs> yeah <laughs> which I is great. That was pretty great. Uh, cut over to the subway station. We meet MTA worker Patty Tolan, Leslie Jones's character. She is approached by a weird guy named Rowan North. Uh, he rambles on about a fourth cataclysm, which Patty pays no mind to. She then has to go into the tunnel to check something out because she sees like him go into the actual subway tunnel. Uh, behind her, Rowan plants another device similar to the one at the mansion. Patty then sees a ghost in a prison suit. She runs away uh, from it, and we cut out back over to Aaron, Abby, and Holtzman setting up shop above a new Chinese restaurant. Which is funny because they originally take them to the uh, they take them to the Ghostbusters like fire station, and uh, they ask uh, Car- Kate, no, uh, Kristen Wiig's character asks uh, how much it's going to be, and they say the real estate agent says twenty one thousand dollars a month. And what is her line there? Because she says something funny, like really aggressive to the to the real she's estate like, agent. Oh, she's like, you bitch, or something. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like, whoa, hold on now. Yeah. It's, and that, uh, that got a laugh out of me. I, I loved her response. I, you yeah. know what? I, I, I realized I've got a problem where I can never remember the name Kristen Wiig. And then between Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Amy Poehler, I always forget who's who. And it's impossible for me to keep those three comedians straight. Uh, so yeah. that's my issue with a lot of this is like, I can't remember Kristen Wiig's name, but Kristen Wiig is by far my favorite actor in this. Yeah, and she kills it. She has a lot of the best uh, lines and stuff like that. Yeah, so she, I, I love great. her. She's the best yeah. character. Um, but I, I found fact, myself liking the movie a lot more as it went on too. Fun fact, um, yeah. the rental agent is actually played by um katie dippold and she actually she actually wrote this movie um oh really and yeah and so there's a lot of shows so she worked on parks and rec mad tv um a couple other things um but she's done stuff before and there are so many like 
jokes that feel like straight up <laughs> um parks and Rex jokes yeah like when she was like when she was leaving the job when she was when she got fired when um kate i mean kristen wiggs character got fired um and she was walking out it's like i didn't get fired blah 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 that scene was totally a straight up parks and rec thing that they would have done yeah like have you ever have you ever seen parks and rec i've seen a few episodes uh i dated somebody who was really into it so we watched a few episodes but that was it yeah you should definitely uh give it a try because i think it's really funny I've always um, thought about would, that and like community and like 30 rock. It sounds like they're all kind of decently funny, but you haven't seen community. No. What? What community is great. Stop watching it. Uh, don't watch the, the, the seasons that came on that came out for Amazon. Those are bad, but <laughs> same goes first, for... yeah. Yeah. The the original seasons are great. Um, I was gonna say same goes for Arrested Development. Don't watch the Netflix ones. Just watch the OG. Yeah, um, you you watch Rick and Morty though, right? Yeah. Dan Harmon is behind um, Community. Okay. So if you like the comedy in Rick and Morty, it's different, but it's it's really good. It's done okay. really well. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to give it a go. All right, so why don't we get back into the plot of this film here? Uh, so yeah, Roland uh, plants another uh, device. Uh, Patty sees a ghost in a prison suit. She runs away like hell. Uh, Aaron, Abby, and Holtzman set up shop in a new location above a Chinese food restaurant. It's the Department of Metaphysical Examination. Uh, a young man named Kevin Beckham, played by Chris Hemsworth, shows up uh, for a receptionist job. Aaron thinks he's hot, but during the interview, Kevin proves to be very dumb. Still, they hire him on the spot. The ladies are then visited by Patty, who mentions the ghost spotted in the subway. Um, the whole part with Kevin. Kevin's a... Why is Kevin in this movie? Um, I... Let's wait to the end. Let's wait to the end, because Kevin has a part in the end, and I think I know why he added it, why he's in this movie but I don't want to jump too far ahead. <laughs> but I feel like he has a purpose. Um, but he, I think, I don't, I don't mind how dumb he is in this. I don't mind that. Well, he's like unbelievably dumb. Like, yeah, I don't it know. Is, it's just, it's just, it is, and a lot of his shit isn't funny. I, uh, I the, gra of, the graphic design stuff is, the graphic design stuff that happens in the, in the interview is funny where he's, uh some of it's funny because he designs the first logo um and it's just a ghost with tits and that was i was kind of like okay whatever and then he shows the 7-eleven logo and that's kind of more my humor and they were like uh he's like oh for 7-1-1 and he's like they're like no 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 that's the 7-eleven logo and he just kind of like goes <laughs> past that that's funny and then he does the hot dog over a, a house and they're like, that's not for us, is it? And he's like, oh, I think I, I thought it was implied that the ghost is holding the hot dog. And I was like, all right, that's yeah. whatever. No, no, no. See, that's my type of comedy. I like uh -huh. that. That that third one. So the first one's whatever. The second one's good. Uh, the third one, I thought was, <laughs> I thought that was funny. That one made me laugh. Yeah. And it wasn't, so normally when he says something, I guess I don't find it funny. I found it so outrageous. It makes me laugh. Yeah. I'm laughing at how absurd it is not how funny it is when he's trying to uh, grab the phone through the aquarium 
Yeah. It was so. stupid. It, I don't know. It's just it's, a lot of it's just like that's stupid, but yeah. I guess that's yeah. funny to some people if you're stacks. <laughs> well, he has a funny part. He has a fun. I, I, okay. Again, he's so dumb. And I think they made him, I think the way they made him. So, like, I. So, when they do dumb characters in movies, I would much rather the dumb character be super dumb. Like, un. Like, just like this guy, he's just a jock. He's like a dumb jock, right? Like, I didn't do anything. I was, I was a star football player, you know, right? And it's just a, he's doing like the dumb jock thing where he's just hunky and dumb. And I've. This is why you like Biodome so much. This is why I, I said Biodome whoa. was one of the best movies you've ever whoa. seen. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> because I would never. Okay. <laughs> I would never. I think but I actually I just, put somewhere in my notes, Ghostbusters 2016 is the biodome of Ghostbusters movies. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Delete that right now. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just get more into it when Kevin has a bigger part later in the movie. Okay, sounds good. Um, so Patty leads the ladies to the tunnel where she uh, spotted the ghost. Holtzman brings along some equipment she built to catch the ghost. Uh, these are the proton packs, uh, but in their prototype form where they're on like a cart. Uh, they see the same ghost that Patty saw hovering above them. They record the ghost with their HD cameras while Aaron is given a proton laser to capture it. The laser isn't strong enough to hold the ghost down and the train is coming fast. The ladies run to safety as the train hits the ghost, causing them to get splattered with ectoplasm slime while the ghost is stuck on the train, which I thought was a fun scene. I thought that was good. Yeah. And I, I was actually, when I saw that, I was like, yeah. thank you. Like, when ghosts go through you, they leave slime because I did not like that. They didn't do that in two with Ernie Hudson's character with Winston. Uh -huh. um, but I do, for some reason, I like when ghosts go through people, they get slime. Yeah. I just kind of like that. So, happens a lot. Yeah. happens a lot in this one. A lot of slime in this one, which is, yeah. which is good. Cause they're good kind of slime, not the pink slime from two. Um, Patty decides to join the team since she knows how to get around the city and she provides the team with the vehicle for carrying equipment. Um, Patty has no reason to be on the Ghostbuster team. Um, she, her skill, so, her super special skill that she throws out to them is that she knows history about New York City and she saves them a Google search one time and it's not even important to the story. Yeah. Um, I, so when she, so uh, when she first um, came up, uh -huh. um, they were just trying to figure it out figure out like oh what did uh, that lady say about the thing blah 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 and then Leslie Jones is like blah 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 she just gives the answer right and so she was like I know New York I you know I, I might not be smart but I know you New York and I when she said that uh -huh. I was like okay I get that I can understand this character because this character is going to be like this is going to become useful at some point in yeah. the film. Yeah. Um, but literally nothing at all does nothing for the rest of the movie other than comedic presence. Right. Yeah. Um, and there was a specific part in the movie where her knowledge would have been her knowledge of New York in the subway station would have helped out. And that's when they're just looking over maps. Right. She yeah. had no part of it. 
Yeah, which is all it took. All it would have taken there in that scene that you're talking about with the maps was like being like, oh, it's somewhere in this area is where, where you know this is going to go down, and all you needed is for them to be like, but where? Like, how do we determine which building it's going to be in? And for her to be like, well, this building has this historical you know significance, or this building, but they don't even do that, which is weird. It feels like that was a really easy thing to fix, and they didn't do it. Yeah. No. Uh, just to go back a little bit more. Uh So when they didn't know that she was even there and then when she spoke up and then everybody was like, whoa, when did you get here? And then Kevin's like, oh yes, you have a visitor. And I was like, okay, that's dumb. But before that, (laughs) Kevin is a scene where Abby, um, I forgot Kristen Wiig's character, um, but Abby and Kristen Wiig's character are talking and they're just like you know we could do this and blah 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 blah. and then kevin walks in and kevin puts down a coffee he's like here's your coffee (laughs) and then abby's like abby's like you remember to put coffee you remember put sugar in it this time right and then so kevin picks up the drink he tastes it to see if it has sugar in it he spits it out he spits it all over the floor spits it back into the cup Spits it all over the place, right? And well, I guess he didn't spit. I guess he it just like more. He opened his mouth and blew that, you know, right? All over the place. And he was like, oh, I hate coffee. And then <laughs> I was like, why would you drink it? But then he immediately was like, yeah, there's sugar in there. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was the dumbest thing um, that he didn't like coffee, but he tasted it to see if he put sugar in it because he couldn't remember if he put sugar in it. And then, then it comes out that it did have sugar in it, but it's this whole dumb thing with Kevin, mm-hmm. and I laughed because it was absurd. But the genuine laugh came right after when Kevin left the scene. Uh, Christian Wig picks up the cup and she starts drinking it just because she's a horn dog. She's trying <laughs> to drink it. She tries to drink it, and Abby's like, I'm not going to let you do that. Like, yeah, yeah. No, she, she does take a sip before they... Oh, like, she does? Yeah, she does take a sip. She grabs it. She takes a sip. She's like, I'm not going to let good coffee go to go to, go to to waste, you know? And then they... So then her and Abby go to a different table, and then uh-huh. Abby's explaining stuff, and she goes to... And then uh, Kristen Wiig goes to take another sip, and then Abby's like, I'm not going to let you do it. It takes mm. the cup from her. I thought that was funny. Which just reminds, it takes me right back to second grade when it's like, oh, if you take a sip of somebody else's drink, that's like French kissing them. And it's just. <laughs> yeah, she was just so horned up. This whole movie, Christian Wig is horned up for um, Kevin, for Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth in yeah. this whole movie. And it's, it's the funniest thing to me. I don't know why, but it was so funny. But yeah. yeah. I, I, I never thought I never thought it <laughs> never thought it was I, funny. I was always like, okay, we get it. She's attracted to him. Uh-huh. I thought it was done. In, I thought it was done in a in a. I guess this is more of the like the thing that uh, for people on 4chan and all these other places where they were just hating the movie for no reason. I guess this is one of those reasons, just because um, they just made her. They made a lot of the characters just, and I say this in quote, dude characters, really, where they're just like, it's a girl version of a dude, you know? It's like, I can get that, but the way they did her, 
character, I thought it was funny. I don't know. Just me. Yeah. Then again, I, I like the movie. <laughs> I liked it better than Afterlife. So it could just be my opinion, but I thought that joke was pretty funny. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not going to fault you for liking it, but I, for me, like the Kevin stuff, like virtually never landed. And, and in fact, one of his, his jokes, I'm air quoting, you can't see it, but I'm air quoting. One of his jokes, uh, like fucks up what I think is a really good joke. Um, so we'll get there though. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, this is, this was all in terms of, uh, uh, Patty joining the team. So Patty joins the team. Uh, she knows how to get around the city and she provides the team with a vehicle for carrying equipment. It's a hearse that she borrowed from her uncle, which only Holtzman seems to enjoy. And it becomes the new Ecto one. Um, Holtzman shows off the improvements to the proton pack and a trap. Uh, they test it in the alley and Abby gets thrown around like a deflating balloon. This is the stupid kind of slapstick humor of just it's it's whatever like it's stupid yeah. slapstick humor. I actually got a lot of enjoyment of just watching her fly back and forth with the proton pack, but I don't, this is the lowbrow humor that I actually found funny. Yeah. I didn't I didn't find it funny. I was like, okay, this is going on too long. <laughs> so I think uh, I like the stupid the stupid humor. You like the slapstick. I don't like slapstick humor. I like dry. I like dry humor, which I think is why I like Ghostbusters one so much. But yeah, and and Ghostbusters Afterlife had a little bit of that, like when uh, Phoebe tells the joke and winks at Paul Rudd, and and you know he's like, is that a joke? Like, yeah, I like that stuff. Um, I actually, I probably would say that like Afterlife had in in my mind the most like most funny bits throughout it but i think that the funniest bit of the whole series goes to ghostbusters 2 uh for the stuff when they're working on the like the pipes and they're drilling in the ground and i told you i told you to dig over there yeah who told you to stop cutting you you told him to stop cutting and i thought about that scene in this movie in 2016 and we'll get there when We'll 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 get to that part, but there's another character. The character shows up in this movie uh-huh. and kind of does this accent, and I thought it was funny, and I thought of you, and I thought about that scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we get a, a heartfelt scene where Aaron explains how her neighbor died and haunted her nearly every night for a year. Abby was the only one who believed her. This is why Aaron is kind of obsessed with ghosts at first and writes the book on ghosts, but then you know. Everybody says they're not real and there had been no sightings of ghosts. So she kind of fell out of out of love with ghosts in terms of uh, trying to trying to make it her career. Um, The video of the ghosts that they took in the subway goes viral and the medium dubs them the Ghostbusters to their chagrin. Uh, I think they were trying to be called like. What was it like Masters of the Metaphysical or something like that? Yeah, some long name. Yeah. Um, Famed debunker Martin Heiss, played by Bill Murray. This is the first cameo that I noticed, but you said that there was the bust of Harold Ramis. But um, Bill Murray goes uh, on the record to dismiss the subway ghost as fake. He's like a famed debunker guy of of like paranormal, uh, paranormal mysteries. And this is where I put, because I didn't know what this movie was doing at, at this point, I put, why bring back Bill Murray, but not as a Ghostbuster? Like, it just feels weird to have an homage that's not really an homage and it's and i i know now that it's because they wanted to do a fresh start where they like they started their own canon they just wiped everything out and started fresh um yeah so at this point until i saw um bill murray's character 
Mm-hmm. I I was like, um, I thought this was just like a continuation, um, but it was this the Bill Murray character. I was like, oh, okay, so this has nothing to do because I heard before that Bill Murray shows up, Dan Aykroyd, everybody shows up. Well, mostly everybody shows up and so i was like oh okay so this is just a continuation yeah this is where i figured out like oh no this is a reboot yep uh the team is called to investigate a ghostly sighting at the musical theater also throughout the movie there's these bits where kevin picks up the phone doesn't take down pertinent information and then hangs up or just hangs up on people because he doesn't care and this kid is such an aloof character. It's like not, I don't know, it's not realistic at all. But uh, yeah, and the bit where just the phone's ringing, ringing off the hook, ringing uh-huh. off the hook, that did get old very fast. I think yeah. the first one I thought was kind of funny where he was, when they're like, Kevin, the phone. It's like, yes, it's in the aquarium. And then. <laughs> like, no, the one on your the, desk. <laughs> yeah, the one on your desk. So I thought that was funny, but then it was like, it happened like, two three more times in this film and i was like okay we get it yep got it don't need to do that again but then they do it a couple more times um the team is called to investigate a ghostly sighting at the musical theater uh we get a horrible ghostbusters theme here and i'm like is this fallout boy like do you know who's saying this um i don't is this in the background no it's it's like there's like they're driving over it's like kind of supposed to be a hype moment where they're driving to the musical theater and it's a it's a rendition of the ghostbusters theme uh yeah like the the original one but it's i i kind of liked it i felt like it was like panic at the disco or something like that was it or maybe i'm thinking of a different one because they do a different they do different um renditions of it um they i mean they just had they just had the regular they had like a they did uh, I i felt like they did like a cinematic one yeah, they had like the OG one, and I, I heard elements of it throughout the film that were fine. But this one is like yeah. got lyrics, and it's a different like. I feel like every Ghostbusters movie, with the exception of maybe Afterlife, has had like its own original song. Yeah, I'd have to go back and listen to it because. Yeah, um, it's called Ghostbusters. Was... I'm not afraid by Fallout Boy. Oh, is okay. So that's not the one. That's definitely not the one I was thinking of. I. I must be just thinking of like random background music that was playing probably like at the climax of the film. Um, yeah. So I've, but I do like cinematic renditions of songs. So yeah. uh, did not love this one. So you go listen to it and judge for yourself. Um, yeah, was- so, uh, and then also here is when they get to the musical theater and I, this actually might've been the joke that hit the hardest for me that I laughed the hardest at is when they're, they're wheeling out. It's clear that the janitor was the one to see the ghost and he's freaked out. They've got him on like a gurney and they're pushing him out of the musical theater and he's muttering something in Spanish and Aaron like listens intently. And she's like, he said that there's a chicken that fried itself on the dance floor. And Leslie Jones just goes, that's not at all what he said. Like, that's not what he said. You don't know Spanish. And it's yeah, clear. I thought, that that was great. I thought it was good. Um, Rowan is seen planting another device in the theater. Abby's uh, PKE meter goes off near the dressing rooms. Patty is chased by a mannequin possessed by a ghost the Ghostbusters hit the mannequin with their proton lasers, releasing a huge flying ghost monster into the theater. They follow it up. Uh, it goes like up through the ceiling. They follow it up to the stage where a band called Beasts of Mayhem are performing. The ghost flies out uh, over the crowd and everybody thinks it's part of the show till it basically kills the lead singer, like throws him into a wall of amps. 
um, that collapse on him. And the Ghostbusters rush the stage to try to hit, the, hit it with their proton packs. Abby stage dives and goes after the ghost. Um, and Patty tries to follow, but nobody catches her. She does the classic uh, stage dive and everybody moves out of the way. Hit lands on her back. She gets up and the ghost has perched her, itself on her shoulders. Uh, and this is, yeah. I, this this was probably my funniest my yeah. favorite joke in this yep. when she goes to stage dive and then they move and then she's like I don't know if that was because I'm black or a woman but either way it's racist and yeah. I, I thought it was the funniest thing because when because when she did it and everybody moved I was like oh, there's no way that they just did that like just because she's black and I was like yeah, that was a joke. That was the joke yep. in there. And I thought it was really, I thought it was funny that they went there with it. I, I uh, um, yeah. And then I, I, I was going to say like, this is really funny to me when she stands up and she's got the, the, the ghost on her shoulders and she's like, just throws in the towel. She's like, fuck this shit. She's like, they're like trying to, they're like telling her to stay still. Cause they're going to hit it with their proton packs. And she's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to calmly walk out of here. I'm going back to my booth at the MTA and she just kind of starts shuffling out of the theater, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah, uh, She's walking away and she's going back to her booth at the MTA is what I put. Um, Holtzman pulls out a trap and uh, has the ghost sucked into it. Uh, the trap is really cool actually in this because it's uh, like a cylindrical trap. She throws it out. It's got like a uh, like um, compressed air thing that like fires the... Uh, the foot pedal out of it, which isn't something I never understood in the original, how they like slide the trap out and there's like a foot pedal, but I don't know where the foot pedal comes from and stuff. So, um, I really like that they showed it being like kind of popped off the side of it. Um, everybody in the crowd cheers the team on while Ozzy Osbourne is backstage and thinks he's having a flashback. And I put not funny cause it's yeah, not, funny. not funny. random Ozzy for no reason. Yep. No and, reason. Wasn't funny. And, um, delete it when when everybody's cheering them yeah um the lead singer gets back up and starts singing again and i was yeah, like he's fine i thought he was dead because yeah. he definitely hit those speakers should really have been dead hard. hit him really hard and then had him collapse on him yeah and those things are not liked yeah i mean even if he didn't die uh-huh you're not getting up <laughs> you're <laughs> not getting up and you're not singing you're not finishing the show forget that get out of here uh, the team celebrates their first capture with some pizza. Then they are visited by Martin Heiss, uh, so he can prove that the team is faking their capture. This is Bill Murray's character, the famed debunker, as a as a, a fl- as a uh, reminder to the to the audience here. Erin uh, gets annoyed, and she decides that she's going to prove Heiss r- uh, wrong. And she pulls out the trap, and she releases the ghost. Ghost flies out of the trap. Grabs Martin Heiss and drags him out of a window and kills him. <laughs> and uh, uh, as the ghost escapes in the city. And here's where Kevin says, uh, so after Martin Heist is thrown out the window, Kevin points and says, he went out the wrong door. And my <laughs> fucking God, I yeah, put, this that... is what this is what's wrong with the movie because we didn't need this unfunny one-liner when he said that I didn't yeah. laugh at all. But then we cut yeah. to a way funnier scene where if it had just, Bill Murray gets thrown out of the window, we get a reaction shot from the Ghostbusters cut to them talking to the cops which is way funnier and they're doing all these Patrick Swayze references where they're like you know uh, this ghost was it behind you as you were making pottery and they start making a bunch of uh, uh, ghost references and, and Patrick Swayze movie references in, in general and that's an actually really funny scene I don't know why they decided to fuck it up with the one liner from, from Kevin yeah and um, it's the, the, 
yeah, it was just pointless. I laughed. I laughed because, again, absurdity. Like, it was just like, why? Dude, yeah. just, like, this is, like, not even a thing. Like, I, I don't know. It was just, like, at some point, just be serious. <laughs> just be serious. Just, like, if they wanted to, to go on and whatever, he if they, if they wanted him to say something dumb, and he was like, oh, y'all are going to jail or something like that. Just say something, like, you know, kind of related to dying, <laughs> not just, oh, you went up the wrong door. Like, yeah. unnecessary, kind of stupid. Or even, or better yet, better yet, don't even like reference it. Like- it. And just say, like, hey, I brought you coffee. It's like, dude, someone just died. You know, something like that. But, like, just, yeah, just the character being inhumanly stupid, like, bugs me about this movie. And this movie is just so cartoony. Like, it, for as much as we talked about Ghostbusters 2 going the more cartoony route, because it's literally like based elements on a cartoon, this movie is so much more cartoony than that. And, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm talking myself into liking it less because of it. Like, whereas I generally had like a fun experience watching it. Like the more I talk about it and the more I think about like, why did they do that? Like I'm getting upset. <laughs> um, after the police arrive, the team is escorted by agent Hawkins and Rourke to meet with the mayor with, to meet with mayor Bradley, um, and his assistant, Jennifer Lynch. Uh, while they're thankful for the team's capture of the ghost, they want them to say they're fraud. They want them to say they're fraud so as not to cause a stir in the city, which I thought was a fun play on that mayor character, uh, from the original films where like you have the mayor who's like going to the ghostbusters to try to figure out, um, like what to do and try to, how to save face. This is more of the same kind of where they're like, Hey, thank you for doing that. But also we need you to say you're not you know that you guys are frauds so that nobody freaks out and uh they like performatively put them in uh uh handcuffs and stuff at times throughout the film yeah. to to kind of um, mayor, discredit them played by, mayor played by um andy garcia yeah which i was i wasn't expecting there, there's a lot of um like big name actors in this movie and i wasn't expecting wasn't expecting to see him in it you know yeah like i feel like you had something better to do than this, Andy Garcia. Oh, he's um, but he's good in it. He's I mean he doesn't yeah, have very great. many lines, but he's pretty he's good really in it. So yeah. Um, uh the officers, the two officers, um one yeah. of them Michael Kenneth Williams. Uh-huh. Um, the black officer, yeah. He's in it. Um he didn't really do much this movie, but he's also a really great actor. Um he actually died this year. Oh Yeah. That's, that's sad that's sad to hear. Yeah. Yeah, but he's really really good he's in this movie um matt walsh is in this movie just a bunch of people you're just like oh wow al roker's in this movie for some reason but you know whatever (laughs) get everybody in there this is we're kicking off a new franchise you're gonna want to be part of this it's like the mcu yeah um uh holtzman shows off a new gun so that the after they're kind of dejected then they're being told that you know they're gonna basically parade them as frauds so that nobody freaks out Holtzman shows off a new gun and proton glove and a grenade and gives Aaron a Swiss army knife. Um, the, the new, like, I like actually one of the things I do like about this movie is that they introduced a bunch of new tech and like the proton glove is kind of cool. Like the fact that it's just the proton beam, but in a, in like a thing that you put on your fist and when you punch it, it blasts them and stuff. And that's cool. The grenades are cool. Um, yeah, the pistol wasn't ready. I think we see what it does later. Yeah. I just, I, I, I liked it. I liked all that. No idea when she worked on any of that, but whatever. 
Um, when the team is alerted to a no new ghost sighting, Aaron realizes there's a pattern in the appearances of, in the city. It's discovered that all the devices are found along the ley lines that intersect at the Mercado Hotel. And again, this is what we were talking about earlier, where they kind of, she draws an X on the map of like where these devices are being found. And they figure out that in the center is where there's going to be this surge in uh, paranormal energy or something to that effect. Uh, what we needed right here was just like, oh, we, we've narrowed it down to this block, you know, what which building uh, is, is you know, is the portal going to be in because we need to narrow it down. Um, yeah. And this is where Patty could have been like, oh, that building used to be a prison where a bunch of people died. There's probably going to be hella paranormal energy there or something like that. Yeah. But they don't just, do that. Yeah, just give her something to do other than yeah. being, you know, fodder for when ghosts start popping off, you know? They find a picture of the staff of the Mercado Hotel, and Pat Patty recognizes Rowan among them, knowing he's their guy. I mean, she does that, but like that's whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I it's not that. it's not her special skill to remember people's faces. Yeah. Um, they go to the hotel, and we get Annie Potts. Annie Potts is like working the front desk at the hotel, which I thought was great. Uh, I actually really this is probably my favorite of the cameos because she's uh, she give she gives us the "What do you want?" line, which I which I enjoyed. <laughs> What um, was that? What was the line? I don't remember it. Uh, something to the effect of they're they're like they're there to to look for whatever ghost activity, and she's like, "Yeah, what do you want?" And we get the oh, you know, oh, she's the, line. Oh, yeah, okay. she's the receptionist. Uh, you know, from Ghostbusters one and two, the yeah. Ghostbusters, what do you want? She she delivers the what do you want, and and they do that a couple times. Like, I think they did it with like who you gonna call as well and stuff like that. There was a lot of references in terms of. Just a line here that ref refers back to the to the OG Ghostbusters films, uh, as well as some other ones that we'll get into. Uh, so the team uh, heads to the hotel and finds Rowan in the basement with the device that he built, uh, in which he plans to release a horde of ghosts upon the city as payback for being constantly mistreated. Abby tries to convince Rowan to stop his plans until she mentions the police are on their way. I like that she's, like, trying to convince him that there's, like, things to, like, live for and that people are actually good, can't come up with anything. So he sacrifices himself uh, by yeah. grabbing the two pillars, uh, electrocuting himself. Uh, the basement is closed off, but the PKA meter is left behind and goes off after they leave. Ooh, ominous. Yeah. Um... At home, Aaron reads through a copy of the, her book that Rowan was keeping to orchestrate his plan. She looks through the drawings and sees that he had always planned to electrocute himself so that he could become a ghost and eventually bring on the fourth cataclysm to lead the ghost uh, to terrorize the world. Uh, at headquarters, Abby hears a knocking at the door, but no one is there. There's a rattling on the sink's pipe. Uh, so she hears the rattling on the door. She runs to the bathroom because she's scared, locks the door. Here's a rattling on the pipe, looks down the drain, sees a green glow, gets hit in the face with a, uh, a ghost, uh, and is possessed by Rowan. Uh, so in this scene, yeah. I, I didn't know it was Rowan that possessed her. Yeah. <clears throat> because um, he says her name, doesn't he? He's like, hello, Abby. And then like, hits her, possesses her, right? Something to the other effect, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think he knew her name. I didn't think he knew, you know, the Ghostbusters names. So I, when I saw it, I thought it was Bill Murray's character getting revenge and um, possessing her. So that like would have been whole, fun. Yeah, that, yeah I, I think that I, I, that's where I thought it was going because they just killed him and that was it. And I yeah. said, oh, he's going to come back as a ghost. But no. Nope. But 
I mean, this works too, but I just wish it was Bill Murray that possessed her. Yeah, we cut forward. Uh, it's, I guess it's insinuated that it's like the next day. Um, uh, Patty and um, Holtzman are looking for Abby. They don't know where she is. Uh, Holtzman goes to check the bathroom. Uh, Abby comes out. Uh, she's acting just a little bit weird. She says, hi, Jillian. It's kind of weird that she's not calling her like Holtzman or whatever. Um, she walks over to Holtzman's uh, like part of the lab where all the gear is, and she starts smashing it. Um, uh, she breaks Holtzman's equipment and then grabs Holtzman by the throat to dangle her out the window. Patty intervenes and rescues Holtzman before smacking Rowan out of Abby. Literally grabs her, gets her down to the ground, and... Like gets on top of her and then smacks her and the ghost comes out and then she keeps smacking Abby and it's kind of funny. It's okay. Yeah, the only the only reason I didn't find that funny because it was one of the clips shared when this movie came out. Uh-huh. Of people saying this is what this movie is and it's not funny. So I've already seen that scene a bunch and so yeah. it's just kind of yeah, whatever. whatever you knew it was coming. Yeah. Uh, Moments later, Kevin pulls up on his motorcycle and Rowan possesses him. He rides off back to the hotel. Aaron run, uh, runs to a restaurant where she finds Mayor Bradley and Lynch eating. So Mayor Bradley is Andy Garcia's character and then Lynch is his like uh, assistant. Uh, Aaron finds them eating. She frantically tries to warn them to evacuate the city, but she comes off as crazy and she's taken away. Pretty funny scene where it's very much mirrors the uh, Lewis Tully outside the restaurant. People like yeah. looking at him and then you know him getting attacked and they just go back to what they're doing um there's a funny part in this that i thought that i liked where um she's like we gotta evacuate the city something bad is about to happen and then (sighs) like you hear a rumble and then she's like it's starting it's happening Mm -hmm. And then, like, everybody else is just looking around, like, kind of <laughs> a little worried. And then all of a sudden, like, you see two dudes, like, pushing this huge dumpster down the sidewalk. Yeah. And it's just, like, rumbling. The dumpster's just rumbling. Uh-huh. And, and it's just like, oh, okay. Never that's, mind. <laughs> that's good. And I like when she goes, we have to evacuate the city. And, and the mayor's like, you can never say that. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like that's the so worst aggressive. thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, where was I in my notes? Um comes off with crazy so she's taken away rowan inside of kevin's body makes it to the hotel basement and attacks the two guards standing outside he manages to break the barriers keeping the ghost trapped to allow them to fly free beginning the ghost evasion upon the city a uh, portal opens up in the sky releasing more and more ghosts upon the city aaron tries to get a, cra- a cab not a crab she tries to get a cab but the cabbie dan Aykroyd, dismisses her and drives off yeah and he he's playing up his uh I like this because he was kind of like playing up his uh, New York voice. Uh-huh, the New Yorker accent. Uh, yeah, New, New Yorker accent. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was pretty funny. Their their whole um, their whole like interaction was pretty funny because he's like, don't you see all the ghosts and stuff like that? Yeah. And, I don't know. It's, it's really great. Could have got, the, got the Casper call back and just hadn't been like, call somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Abby, Holtzman, and Patty gear up to uh, and head off to fight the ghosts. Uh, they run into none other than Slimer, the go- uh, green ghost eating from a hot dog cart. He steals Ecto-1 and drives off. It's actually really funny when <laughs> he steals the car and drives off, and then they go to grab their proton packs to blast the car, and Kate McKinnon's character is like, we can't do it. Like, we, there's a nu- basically a nuke strapped to the top of the car. And Abby has a line where after he drives off, she's like, I think we just gave a ghost a nuke. Uh, which yeah. is pretty good. 
pretty um, good. And he steals that, that the scene, Yeah. That scene kind of reminded me of um, the scene in Jumanji, uh-huh. um, the original, where um, never seen the it. monkeys. Oh, you never seen it? Well, there's no. a scene where like um, um, Dag or David Allen Greer is the cop in this movie, uh-huh. and he's trying to he's talking to Martin. I mean, not Martin. Um, Robin Williams trying to figure out what's going on and then like a bunch of monkeys hop into his car and drive off with their car and <laughs> it's just funny because then they come back this like they they come back the monkeys come back and then they're on like a motorcycle a cop motorcycle and they got it's just funny it just just seemed just reminded me of that scene in jumanji go watch jumanji yeah. far better movie than 2016's ghostbusters yeah on record wow. i'm saying wow it. all right Abby and Patty get ready to shoot the car, but Holtzman says the equipment on the top is basically a nuke. They spot a bunch of ghosts that look like a giant parade floats, which they start popping with their proton packs. A float in the shape of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man shows up and presses down the three, rendering them immobile. Aaron saves them by popping Stay Puft with a Swiss Army knife and Holtzman, that Holtzman gave her. Uh, the team then phases off against a dozen ghosts, uh, including Grutrude, the subway ghost, and the theater ghost. Uh, pretty this cool stuff scene. here. I like seeing Stay Puft. I, I, I like that. I like the the way they integrated him. I like his little yeah. face when he looks angry because he's kind of like a, a balloon but kind of animated. Uh, yeah. I thought that was fun. This whole um, fighting ghosts in the street scene, mm-hmm. really great. Really great. Market. Really cool, actually. Yeah, like the most action-y scene that we've got from any of the Ghostbusters movies. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's decently cool. They use the grenades. They use the like mulcher thing that they've got. Like, yeah, it's actually pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And I think this is really where I keep saying this movie is a superhero movie. It's mostly just this one scene that makes it a superhero movie. It looks good. The action's good. They're not, you know, killing a ghost and making a joke every kill, you know. It's just really great. Great visual. Everything great about about the scene. Agreed. Uh, The Ghostbusters head to the hotel to find a still-possessed Kevin having uh, frozen the police and military, like, not frozen them like ice frozen them, but like he possesses them all and makes them dance. And we learned from the credits that this was a much longer dance scene that I hope they cut. Uh, just and, and like they said, oh, well, we've got this footage. We could throw it in the credits because holy fuck, if they put a dance scene here where Chris Hemsworth is leading them in a dance, I would have been pissed. I would have been pissed. Yeah. I'm so glad they saved that. for the This credits. is this is where the podcast would have cut off because I would have been like, I literally couldn't watch any further than this. Um, um, yeah, this. So this is so. This is where I thought this is why um, they made Kevin so dumb because he end of, eventually got possessed by the smart guy who built these machines and built this whole thing that could create the apocalypse, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he was possessed by this dude. And I thought when he first got possessed, I was like, okay, I get it. Now the smart guy is in the dumb guy's body. I get it, right? Yeah. I thought that's what they were playing up to, but then the possessed guy, he as soon as he gets in Kevin's body, he gets like all of his smarts just go away. He's not smart. He's not he's not doing those like long monologues that he was he's been doing throughout the movie. And it's just like what was the purpose in making Kevin this dumb if well, you're not going to put the smart guy in this in the dumb guy's body and then make the dumb guy talk smart and you know just be the smart character now and i think so they, i, I think that i think they did it was definitely a shift like it was definitely a shift he wasn't as dumb as shift. he was it wasn't 
as dumb, but he wasn't as smart as I thought that he would. Yeah, he was going but they make a lot of they make a lot of references to the whole like, oh, I should have worked out. Oh, this is the first time I haven't had to like suck in my gut. Like, like they make a lot yeah. of references to the fact that like this is a smart guy who was picked on and was unattractive and, and all this stuff and is now in a hot guy's body. And and he makes a lot of comments about that, which all of that stuff I thought was just whatever. But the one thing I don't remember, or the one thing I, I was wondering about is like when he in- initially takes over Kevin's body and pulls away on the motorcycle, he's like, I hope this guy knows how to ride a motorcycle. Oh, he does. They've set up right there that he's now limited by what, this guy can do like what the guy's body can do. Yeah. But then he goes on to do a bunch of smart stuff and it's like, okay, so wait, which set of abilities do you have here? I don't know. It just made, it would have made like that line was such a dumb thing because it's like, he should have been like, wait, do I know how to ride a motorcycle? Cause you're possessing him. You can make his body do whatever you want. Now, what would have been, now what would have made this okay? And would have necessitated Kevin being a dumb guy and why he would have been necessary to the story is if they had put something in here and said, like, it's harder for me to possess people who are strong willed or, you know, have mental fortitude. And like, maybe if maybe if he left Abby's body because she's smart and he couldn't she was fighting him because she's smart, but because Kevin's character is so vacuous, it's easy to possess him. That would have necessitated a dumb character and you could have been like oh that's yeah. why he was in the plot and but they don't do that yeah yeah that's i guess i guess essentially that's what i was thinking but it, they should have went harder yeah with that you know i don't know we yeah. should just or, re, we should just write movies hey studios out there if you're listening send your scripts to us we will go through it we will Paul, fix it Paul give me a call i got it I can do yep. this all right puffy is a director I guess I didn't say that at the top. I'll, I'll say stuff real quick. This movie stars Kate McKinnon, uh, Kristen Wiig, uh, uh, Leslie Jones, Melissa McCarthy, and Chris Hemsworth, and it's an hour and 57 minutes long. It's got a 74% for critics. I don't know why. And 49% from audience. I know why. Uh, and it's directed by Paul Feig. So the producer for this movie, producer for this movie um, is, um, <clears throat> her name is Amy Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, she... Here, let me pull up her things real quick because you're going to be like, she's worked on all this stuff, but she decided to do Ghostbusters. Well, her first movie <laughs> as a producer was Ghostbusters, but she was the producer for Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Venom, uh-huh. Spider-Man Far From Home, Venom, There Will Be Carnage, the new Spider-Man movies, all of it, right? And it's just like, some of those things are good. Yeah, and it's just like why why what what happened after Ghostbusters? Like was Ghostbusters your test run or something like that? Because she's has the ability to make to produce, you know, to, you know, But be I think it's a, a good movie. Right? Well, as a producer, you're not a writer or a director, and I think that producers have She's also not the executive producer. Uh, if she's just a producer, I think that they they facilitate films getting made, but she's not necessarily like involved in the creative process. I think. I thought she. I thought normal producers were. I thought executive producers were just like money behind it, but I thought the producer was the one who actually like ran the show, like it's pretty much guides the direction of where it's going. Well, let's look up what a producer does, and I'm sure that this is. 
Because, you yeah. know, they'll give producer credits to everybody. A producer yeah. is someone who works on all aspects of a film or TV project, including development, pre-production, production, and post-production. Um, but let's see. They oversee film production, either employed by a production company or working independently. Producers plan and coordinate various aspects of film production, such as selecting the script, coordinating writing, directing, editing, and arranging financing. So I guess they do have some some creative, uh, you know, talents. But I did see that the executive producer of this uh, was Ivan Reitman. Uh, for various reasons, producers cannot always supervise all of the production. In this case, the main producer or executive producer may hire or delegate work to associate producers, assistant producers, line producers, or unit production managers. So I, I, it seems like they all report to the executive producer. Did I lose you? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Um, I thought this movie had like eight executive producers. Because, hold on, let me pull it back up. Uh, yeah, produced by Dan Aykroyd, Ali Bell, Paul Feig, a um, bunch of other people, and all of them have executive producers, and then Amy Pascal just has producer, and then we have a bunch of other people that are associate producers. And Ivan huh. Ivan Reckman is also just a producer. So, I don't know. His name in the credits was like, he got his own title card. Did he? Yeah, so, so when I look at this, I'm looking at Wikipedia here. It says produced by Ivan Reitman, uh, Ivan Reitman and Amy Pascal. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. This is, I don't know. It just feels like, yeah. where'd, you, where'd you, I don't know. It's nebulous. Oh. I don't know. I, yeah. I, th I think that you could also have an issue where there's too many cooks in the kitchen. I think that you can have very, big, you can have very big movies that turn out bad, uh, i.e. You know, Justice League and... I mean, even I don't think uh, Tenet did very well, like Christopher Nolan's last movie. So, like, I think that you could, you know, just because a movie's big and has good people attached to it doesn't mean that it's going to be good. Um, yeah. So, we're almost there. Uh, the Ghostbusters head to the hotel and find it still possessed Kevin, having frozen the police and military. Rowan leaves Kevin's body and decides to take on a familiar, more friendly form, the Ghostbusters logo. And I actually love this. I unironically love the idea. Uh, however, however, they they never show them using the Ghostbusters logo. Actually, is it on? It's on the side of Ecto One because earlier on in the film, they're down in the subway and there's a graffiti artist who's trying to like spray paint the, the ghost that he saw. And then he's like, Oh, she's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. And he's like, Oh, no ghost. And then he like sprays the, like the symbol, like the, the cross through it. And, uh, and then, uh, Kate McKinnon's character takes a picture and says like, Oh, it's a good logo. So I guess it becomes their logo, but then he morphs into their logo. And I love seeing the cartoony logo. And then they're like, yeah, something cute and friendly. We'll fight that. And uh, and then he morphs into like a very bigger, scarier version of that. And I thought that was actually really cool. I loved the integration of the logo into this. Yeah, I like I love that. And I love that they didn't they when they did the Stay Puff uh, Marshmallow Man earlier, they mm -hmm. were just like, yep, nope, you're done. Pop. Right. Yep. But then they decided to do the same thing. Big creature. But now we're going to do the actual Ghostbusters logo. And I thought that that switch from the original was really cool. I liked how it looked. It was really, really yep. cool. Uh, yeah. However, he grows into a humongous beast that bursts out of the hotel and begins, begins wreaking havoc on the city. As they see Smiler and other ghosts riding down the street, the team gets the idea to hit Ecto-1's nuclear reactor into the portal to reverse, to reverse it and eventually close it. 
They fire their lasers at the ghosts to have them steer into the portal before hitting the reactor. The plan works and the ghosts start getting pulled back into the portal. Rowan holds onto two buildings, so the team hits him in the groin with their lasers to loosen his grip, which I thought was funny. It's not funny that they hit him in the groin because that's a little bit seventh grade. Um, what's funny is after they do that, Leslie Jones's character, Patty, goes, that's what you meant, right? Like to hit him in the balls? Like, And she's like, oh, yeah, 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 of course. I thought that was funny. He starts to get sucked in, but he grabs Abby and pulls her into the portal. Aaron looks her, uh, hooks herself to a wire, jumps in the portal. Uh, she fires a laser at Rowan's hand to release Abby while he is pulled into the abyss. Holtzman and Patty pull the two out, and they return with totally bleached white hair. Don't know why. Afterward, yeah, I don't know that reason either. I guess maybe it just they were in the realm of the dead. I guess I don't know. It was it was very weird that they did that. Yeah, it was weird. After weird mayor, uh, afterwards, after weird, afterwards, Mayor Bradley confer, uh, continues to deny the ghost problem, but he secretly gives the team funding to continue their work. They upgrade their headquarters to a firehouse, same as the original movie. Uh, Patty's uncle Bill, Ernie Hudson, uh, then pulls in uh, with a new hearse. He's not happy about what happened to the other one. Um, and then we get credits. And during the credits, we see the team being invited uh, or being visited by Holtzman's mentor, Rebecca Gorin, Sigourney Weaver. I wonder if Rebecca Gorin is like a, no, it doesn't have a V in it. I was, I was wondering if it was like a, what's her name? Dana Barrett? Yeah. This is a, no D in this. I was wondering if it was like an anagram. I wonder where they got the names for these. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, who inspired her to be crazy, is what the, it's what my notes say. But it, her her mentors, I guess, equally eccentric, but like in a more reserved way. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what, what were they talking about? There's like she said, warning lights are for dudes, and then they high five. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't get it. Patty then calls. Was, oh yeah. That was probably a part early in the movie where they were like you know amy's like don't you need a you know don't you think you should put a you know a warning light on this and then she's like no you know i bet it's i bet it's a fucking reference to the original ghostbusters that their storage containment has like that flashing red light on it that you see at the end of afterlife i bet it's a bet it's just a stupid meta joke of like warning lights are for dudes like the guy ghostbusters have warning lights but they're girls so they don't have warning lights and I watched yeah. it. I had to rewind like two, three times. Yeah. I, was like, I don't get it. Yeah. Hey, Paul Fee, uh, director of Ghostbusters 2016. My uh, amateur opinion is uh, make it so that Kevin was necessitated by being a dumb host for the smart bad guy. And uh, don't put this fucking joke in here because it's stupid. Um, Patty calls them to the roof. The city's buildings are lit up to say, I love Ghostbusters. And there's also a dedication to Harold Ramis. Um after the credits, though, the team is doing some work while Patty is listening to a recording. Aaron walks over to see what's up, and Patty simply asks, "What's Zool?" Uh, which yeah. was the right yeah. direction for this uh, for a sequel to this to go. But you know, yeah, I think we that all know that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I thought that was a nice setup where it's like, "Hey, um, this is pretty scary stuff that we're about to go into the next movie," and then the next movie would have been just full on like, no, we don't need to get stuff. You know, we don't need to build a team or learn this thing or, do, you know, all this other stuff and just go straight into it. It yeah. could have been good, you know, but I guess we'll never know unless they do like 
a multi-universe, maybe Ghostbusters Afterlife, they were like, something happened, and, you know, realities merged or something like that, maybe. Multiverse, multiverse multiverse movies are hot right now, you know? Maybe yeah. they maybe they somehow I I I 100%. I think that Afterlife is going to do well. This is going to spawn a series of films. At some point they're going to go through a portal and be like, "Oh, I saw a version of us and we were all girls or something like that." I don't know. It's going to be Yeah. It's going to be a throw. There's going to be a yeah. callback. There's going to be a callback. There might even be a crossover at some point, but um certainly I mean Certainly, this movie's already dabbled into multiverse stuff, like where uh, in the very first film, Dan Aykroyd says, find your nearest parallel universe or whatever. So they've already acknowledged the, the existence of other universes in these in these movies. So maybe we will get that at some point. And maybe. The Ghostbusters cinematic universe. Let's do it. The GBCU? You talking about GBCU? I'm talking about the GBCU. Yeah, well, they created this Ghost Core company. Actually, you see it at the beginning of... Uh, at the beginning of this film and at the beginning of Afterlife because they've created Ghost Core to see what they were going to do with this franchise. Obviously, their first attempt didn't go well. You know, I, I, I don't think I can actually... Like, I think that this movie... Having watched it, I would say, yeah, this movie was a success. Um, but when you look at the numbers, the budget was $144 million, the box office was $229 million, But I think when you take into account, like... I remember reading last night that when you take into account all of the marketings and uh, budgets and stuff like that, that it lost like 70 million and that it was actually a box office flop. Um, The Hollywood Reporter estimated that the film's financial losses would be over 70 million. A representative of Sony found this loss estimate to be way off, saying with multiple revenue streams, the bottom line, even before co-financing, is not even remotely close to that number. Uh, Sources familiar with the film's financing estimate uh, the total loss. I estimate uh, the total loss to be about seventy-five million, of which, due to, due to co-financing with Village Roadshow, Sony would only lose about fifty million. Sony insiders have projected, along with co-financing, a loss of about twenty-five million. So, any way you cut it, it sounds like it's a, a loss. What was the uh, Rotten Tomato score for it? Seventy-four uh, percent from critics, it said, uh, and forty-nine percent from the fans. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think... know how it got a 74% from critics. That seems high. I don't know. I feel like... On Metacritic, Maybe... the film has a score of 60 out of 100. I feel like that's probably right. Yeah, I guess 60 sounds about... Sounds like a good spot. Because it's not... I've, I like it. I don't love it. I'm never going to watch this movie again. Um, yeah. I will watch Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters 1 way more in the next hundred years that I'm alive before I watch this movie ever again, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's okay. Um, a lot of when I first, when I first, I went in the movie, like thinking like, okay, I got to make sure, um, not to get sucked into the, the thing, you know, 2016 where people are like, the Ghostbusters movie is going to suck. It's all girls, you know, blah, 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 blah. And all the hate that was going on around the movie. I was like, okay, I'm not going to go in this movie. Hating yeah, it no. off the jump. No. And so it's, it didn't deserve the hate that it got. None of our, none of our takes. I don't think in this were anti woke mob, like yeah. anti SJW. We don't have anti SJW takes on this. Um, yeah. 
I think and that if you do, if you do, uh, go outside. Yeah, we get some fresh air because this touch, movie didn't touch grass. It. Touch grass. Yeah, touch grass. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, we don't have any of the anti HJW takes, but I think that the, the things that this, I think we've accurately criticized this film for what it did poorly, and, and I think we gave it props where it deserved it. Um, I think that I think it's just a fine movie, and I. I yeah, like I said, the only thing I could say is that I understand why this didn't spawn a franchise of films. I'm glad that it didn't because I like the direction that Afterlife went way more. Yeah. So with that, I, I, I think we're, yeah. No, I'm just saying, yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, I mean, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I like the direction this was going, just tone back the comedy. But I can see like how you would like... Um, 2016 better i mean not 2016 uh afterlife better than the 2016 one um, yeah it's i mean overall ghostbusters movies are whatever you know if you didn't watch the ghostbusters movies when you were a child then all these movies are probably like okay whatever you know so but i think these past two ones are probably they try to hit more modern people so if you have a kid i would suggest they go watch these movies um not the 2016 one but the afterlife one go let go make them watch that one well go make them make them watch that one instead um and then just get them hooked to that one and then i don't know just yeah. do your thing no, I mean, it is, it, it's, it, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that this film won at least a few awards. Uh, it won Favorite Movie, Favorite Movie Actor, and Favorite Movie Actress from the 2017 Kids' Choice Awards. And I think that's all you need to know. Hey, Kids' Choice Awards? Yeah. Are official. Okay. Now, and it was decently nominated in the Teen Choice Awards, but didn't win anything. Oh, dang it. So, I yeah, mean, you so know, you know that you know the cutoff is thirteen. That's when that's when you can't bring bring anybody bring any of your kids along because they're not going to appreciate it. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, that wraps up the Ghostbusters franchise from us. Um, I think our final rankings. Let me give my final rankings, and then let me try to make sure it doesn't change from last week. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters One. Ghostbusters Twenty Sixteen. Ghostbusters Two. That's my and rankings. Mine is Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2016, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. And before you come attacking me on Twitter... Um, Ridiculous. Just, just know that I watched um, Ghostbusters 2 a lot more than the original. So that's where my nostalgia lies. And it is a very goofy movie. And that's yes. probably why... Not the goofy movie. <laughs> it is a goofy movie. <laughs> um, and that's probably why I liked the 2016 more than Afterlife. Just because it's goofy. But yeah. go watch all four of them. Judge for yourself. Let us please, know. Please watch, please watch the films and then go on Twitter and tell Stax that he has bad, bad takes. Bad takes on movies. If you come at me, if you at me on Twitter with some nonsense take about Ghostbusters 1 being better than Ghostbusters 2, I will immediately block you and your point. And, and the whole thing will be 
of no use to you because I would have immediately forgot. So don't come at me. I'm talking to you. Yes, you listening right now. You specifically you because I know you'll do it. All right. So next week we're coming back with Matrix Part One. That's not what it's called. It's just called Matrix. The Matrix. We're coming back next week. Next week is going to be Matrix. Uh, After that, it'll be Matrix Two. Resur no Matrix. What the fuck? Matrix Matrix Reloaded Matrix Revolutions Matrix Resurrected. Those are the next four movies that we're doing in order. Um, so we're gonna come back with Matrix next week, and I'm looking forward to it as well because I haven't seen these movies in a long time, and I definitely haven't seen them uh, as an adult. So we'll see. Yeah, I haven't seen them in forever, but I am ready to be red pilled. <laughs> Man, that word is. I I almost I forget know. that it comes from Matrix. Yeah, I uh, know. I cannot so, wait. <laughs> tune in next week for uh, for uh, for stacks to talk about uh, QAnon shit. Yeah, let's go. All right. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.